0: So, obviously, a huge shocker getting that you go into practice or you go into the afternoon fully intent on putting the final touches on Prairie Heights game prep.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, the, the boys kind of knew something was up. Um, usually when uh, Coach Coakland gets called over the PA to the principal's office, you know, um, you when you anybody gets called over the PA to the principal's office for that matter, Um, a lot of times it's not always the best. So, um, I, you know, I tried to keep, we kind of knew early on, um, we knew that the young man was, uh, wasn't feeling well and was home. And and then I'd found out that he was going to go get tested. So, you know, we knew we had another incident earlier in the year where we had a young man out for a week and he went and got tested and it came back negative. So the players never knew about that until after it was over because they don't Uh, you know, teenage boys don't need to concern themselves with those things, so it was stressful, just like it was yesterday, Um, and then the information came that that he was positive, so then that set off a series of events that um, had to take place, uh, started with my um, administration at the school, school nurse was involved, and then obviously the administration from East Allen got involved, and um, protocols got set into place, and, and off we went from there, so
0: so it's going to be two weeks off, no football, no practice until October 20th, and then you have the Norwell sectional game. First things first, this was just, again, another thing in the order of game day protocol, practice protocol, where you, know, you had been monitoring the kids for anything that could possibly be an issue, and you had strongly encourage kids throughout not to come to practice. So it was all within the structure of what the school district had given you.
1: Yeah, we'd we'd follow the protocols that we were asked to. Um, Kids checking in if we weren't in school and filling out the slips. And um, early on, they were supposed to be in cohorts and, you know, all those things. And then it's just a matter of, you know, once you're into a full-blown football practice – you know, as far as tracing goes, it kind of becomes uh, impossible to even consider something like that, as far as player contact is concerned. So, um, you know, speaking about what happened, I mean, obviously last night was tough. You know, it was there were there were there were some tears shed. You know, by myself, um, it was hard looking at some of the boys, um, especially the seniors. Um, and I, I just told them to to take a few moments just to kind of process and, you know, reconvene. And, and we did that this morning. We, we met in a Zoom meeting with uh, my Pat Time, who is about half the team. Um, and we talked through some stuff. And um, most my, to my knowledge, all the boys are getting back on Zoom and meeting with their teachers and doing those things. But to the order of events of what's happening now, um, yeah, there was a lot lost. Uh, we had hometown Jersey night scheduled for tonight. We were going to honor our youth programs, our junior high and pal teams. Uh, we were going to honor the 50th anniversary of the first ACAC championship football team. We had a lot of cool stuff lined up for this evening that obviously gets canceled. You know, the hard one is next week uh, being homecoming and senior, senior night. Um, so, yes, some things were lost. But – I told the boys last night, you know, when you spend your life giving advice and counseling people, uh, sometimes you have to take that advice. (laughs) And uh, um, I I often tell young men that, hey, it could be worse. You know, that's kind of a phrase that I've used frequently just as a way to give them perspective on life. And, um, you know, boy, if that didn't hit home last night, it it could be worse. It really could be. Um, we could be dealing with all kinds of things that are a lot worse than this. So to put it in perspective of, of life and where we are with things, um, we decided to, to choose a positive route. And that's simply, um, hey, it, it actually is only a week. I mean, I know it's two weeks total time, but we can't practice on Saturdays anyways. The, the time starts from Tuesday, his first symptoms, and that was his last contact with anybody on the team or at school. So um, it goes from Tuesday and it goes to the two weeks from Tuesday, which gets us to October 20th. So in reality, we, do, we lose two games, but we only lose one week of actual practice. Um, and when you look at it, we got a practice in last night. Um, we did not confirm all the information until we were almost at the end of practice. So um, – and it was a really good practice. So we got that in. We, yeah, we lost the game. Um, not, not lost the game, but the game had to be canceled for tonight. Um, but then Saturday's practice isn't a physical practice. It's a mental one. Monday is a mental practice. So we lose Tuesday and Wednesday of next week in terms of physical activity. Um, yeah, we lose the, the time being together, um, actually face-to-face. But we can still do it virtual. So we're working on the plan, um, to how we're going to negotiate next week, how we're going to get through it. We're just going to start prepping for Norwell, um, and then Tuesday try and hit the ground running, and four days of prep: Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then go to Norwell and play Saturday night, the twenty-fourth at seven p.m. First round of sectional. So that's where our mind is right now. I know that was that was long, uh, that was long-winded and wordy, but uh, there it is.
0: And those four days of practice are going to be super focused where you're going to expect you're going to require the kids to really come in with a laser-like focus and get things done because that's the only way it can be done.
1: Well, no doubt about that. And I think if there was ever a, a, um, a time where you didn't have to motivate kids, it would be now. I mean, I, I, we have to motivate them through this experience. But I think Tuesday, boy, when, when they're able to come back to school and go to practice, <clears throat> I think there'll definitely be a new sense of uh, um, thankfulness, uh, joy, just general, like, thank you, thank you, Lord, that we get to come back. So fingers crossed um, that Tuesday is the official day that we get to come back and practice. So I don't anticipate any issues with focus, or you know, maybe a little rust. We'll have to get knocked off in a hurry. Um, and I know that, I mean, now the boys know that, you know, that that Saturday game at Norwell. If we lose, it's over. If we win, we get to play another week. So um, uh, we don't anticipate any lack of of those things. So it, it'll be exciting uh, if and when we do get to come back on the 20th.
0: Coach, we'll come back and talk about the sectional game in a few days. But to me, the pandemic has been uh, a blessing in disguise. That's such a cliche. But it's easy to be distracted when you don't know the cost. And so many things in life, we don't know what's going to happen if we don't put the work in. I mean, we get a bill for a disconnect. You know that bill has to be paid. You know if you get a note halfway through the nine weeks from a teacher that you're getting an F, you know that you need to buckle down. But so many things in life we don't know until after the fact. We have been given a real gift to be able to adapt and learn from this because life is full of things like this and certainly not as severe or as immediate as this.
1: No doubt about that. You know, I'm reminded of uh, um, the words of – and this might be a little odd for a football coach to reference, but the words of Mother Mother Teresa when she just talked about how we should behave as human beings regardless of our circumstance. And um, <clears throat> she says – excuse me. she says, you know, things along the lines of – or she said – Things along the lines of, uh, you know, people are mean, people are evil, people are uh, disgusting. Uh, Be kind to them anyways. Um, People are going to hate. People are going to put down. uh, Love them anyways. So it's those kinds of things that just reminds me of, you know, do the work anyways, regardless, because... It's the right thing to do, and it's the good thing to do. So, but in terms of being in the moment, you're absolutely right. You know, sometimes when you're in the forest, you don't see the trees, right? As they say, you have to you have to pull back, and then finally, sometimes when you're able to pull back, it's it's over, you know. And so, um, yeah, it, it is. I guess if you look at it in that light. It's a chance to pull back. It's a chance to say, oh, wow, you know, we this, this could easily be over, like, the entire season, and yet right now it's not. You know, there's, there's still a glimmer. There's still hope. You know, all hope is not lost. <laughs> we still get to play football at some point. Um, sure, there's some uncertainty right now. But in the meantime, right, in the meantime, when, when life has gotten in the way of your life, then you buckle down and you do what you're supposed to do anyways because it's the right thing to do and because it's what you should do. And what we tell the young boys all the time, that's what men do. In times of crisis, men work harder. In times of crisis, men stand up. In times of chaos, um, you still figure it out. You figure out how to pay that bill. You figure out how to get up out of bed the next day. You figure out how to get that assignment turned in, and you do it anyways. Because I tell you what, you know, Dean, you and I know that's the only way you you can have joy in life. You know, is just face things head on and just go after it. And with a little bit of grace, a little bit of love, and uh, support from the people that, that you care about, you know, you'd be amazed at what you can still accomplish in spite of what's thrown at you.
0: I have a pastor friend that has taught me this for years because our natural tendency is to run from our problems. And he said, when you start running from your problems, your problems catch up with you faster than you think they will, more powerful than you think they are, and they will be bigger than you think they are, and they won't just become problems, they will eventually become disasters if you let them become that. So that's the thing that we need to understand, too. As you prepare for a football game, and you always have a game plan, you have a script of, okay, we're going to try to do this to exploit this on the opponent. But it happens every single game. You have to go off script. You have to do things on gut reactions. You have to do things based on what you know your team can do without necessarily having practiced for it that week. That's the response that you have to have right now as you prepare for this short shutdown because of COVID-19.
1: Oh, you bet. You bet. And, and you're exactly right. You know, it's funny. Um, during the shutdown, um, we finally were able to get some work done on our house. And here's the example. Um, most homeowners know, that the absolute worst thing that can happen is to have water damage or to have a leak and not know about it. Um, you know, water can destroy the foundation of your house uh, as quickly as anything. And so we were aware of these things and, like people do, put it off for some valid reasons. You know, money being one, it's expensive, it was going to be expensive.
0: Um, Casey's showed his vulnerable side here. Yeah. Right.
1: But we kept pulling it off, putting it off. And finally we were like, we were developing some other problems with our house. And I, I told my wife, I'm like, look, we have got to, we've got to do this. And so we finally did. And of course, like we knew it, it was worse than we imagined. Um, it cost a little more than we had planned on. And it was something that the contractor looked at us and said, if you would have taken care of this when you <laughs> when you first knew about it, right? So exactly what you're saying, Dean. It's it's the facts of life, man. If you don't handle the problem at hand immediately and swiftly, um, it will catch up and it will be worse down the road. Now so I have what, to uh, go, ahead, go ahead. I
0: have to ask you because I know your dad, and I know he's a trusted member of your coaching staff, as all your coaches are. I can only yep. imagine the discussion that Jim Colkman had with you about that problem.
1: Well, you know, my dad's—he's—he's he's a good man, and he, you know, he knows that I'm old enough now that he does—he doesn't have to give me the "I told you so"s anymore, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but it was definitely—it was definitely implied a little bit, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, those are just lessons that you learn through life, and um, you know, so what you said about this whole deal is yeah, you've got to hit it head on. And, and then in terms of adjusting, um, you know, my dad, you know, back to my father and you know, he's a Marine, you know, improvise, adapt, overcome, you know, that's, that's the slogan. I mean, that's part of what they do is, is you can prepare all you want. Something is going to happen. Like you said, that's off script. You've got to be able to adapt, improvise, adapt and overcome. And so Um, that's something that's hard for young and experienced football teams. It's hard for young and experienced coaches. I mean, you think about guys that call plays, coordinators, and, you know, they come out of halftime or there's a big situation and they just make that call. Very rarely are those guys young um, because that's a hard thing. It's just something you don't get unless you have experience. So, you know, um, it's something we all have to learn. And even when you are an experienced coach, it's still hard. So, you know, it, it'll be—it's a good lesson for us. Good lesson for this young team. Um, and uh, I have no—I have faith in them. We're going to figure it out. We're going to get through next week. Do as, everything we can virtually, and to hit the ground running on Tuesday the twentieth, and uh, go down to Austin and give them everything we got.
0: Coach, you and I think in military terms all the time, even if we don't say it, we know that we're thinking in military terms because that's just who we are. And I heard a quote earlier this year. The The British have a unit that's somewhat similar to our construction battalion, the Seabees. And in World War II, the British, well, I'll call them the construction battalion, where they were sent in alongside their soldiers, the British Marines, whatever the correct term is. And They had a motto in World War II, and it still may be their motto now, is they make a way where there is no way. So if you can imagine these combat engineers going in and building bridges where there's no way possible that you can build bridges to support troops, where you go in and you figure out a way to tear down buildings without knowing, without having the tools, they had the motto of we find a way, or no, we make a way where there is no way. And that's life. Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's it's a lot of a lot of different
1: stories and metaphors that come to mind, but it's it's the the speech by the former Notre Dame football player called the dash, you know. And when you look at the tombstone of a person, it gives their birth date and their death date, and then there's a dash in between those. And the entire poem revolves. It's kind of a, a poem type story. It revolves around the dash, and what he wants to be remembered for at the end of his times are not the dates on either end, but the dash in between. And, um, you know, it's the, the phrase that I used before it's life getting in the way of our life. You know, it's, it's life's what happens when your life is happening. You know, it's, it's those kinds of things that make you realize that it really, it's not about, all the plans that you think you have and how wonderful you think things are going to turn out, and, you know, this and that. And you should still do those things. Yes. Don't, you know, don't get me wrong, but you know, it, it's everything else in between. It's everything. It, it's, it's just as much the bad times as it is the good that those are the things you should also try and find joy in. I know that sounds so counter to, to what we're taught in our, in our culture, you know, nowadays, but, um, it's figuring out how to rise above. It's figuring out how to make a way. It's figuring those things out. You know, figure it out. We say that a lot as coaches. Um, and, again, and, and that's what you do when you grow up. That's growing up, you know, and you find joy anyways. And, you, and those are the people I've always appreciated, um, regardless of their plight in life. You know, uh, a superintendent, a teacher, a custodian, uh, a coach – a uh, factory worker, a garbage collector, whatever. The people that just tend to have joy. That tend to have that kind of a heart about them. I mean, dang, those are the people you want to be around. You know, who wants to be around grumpy Gus all day? <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, so that that's that's what we try and preach to the boys and that's how we're going to tackle this deal as well.
0: Okay, before I let you go, this must be the most important part of our discussion today. <laughs> Parents, you're dealing with it already, so you've got an idea of how to keep your kids inspired. But what would you tell fans, friends, extended family members of these football players? What do you tell the Patriot community, the Patriot family? How can they be there for the kids? And I'm asking you to come up with some creative ways that we may not even have thought of yet.
1: Um, yeah, we're working on some of those things, but I think, you know, one of the things that we've told the boys is, uh, Hey, we're still in school. You know, we're still in school and we still have practice every day next week. Now it's not going to be in person, but we're still going to maintain a schedule. The boys are still going to get out of bed in the morning. We're still going to, we're still going to do those things. So I think um, one of the best things that these families can do is, Hey, carry on, carry on. You know, uh, continue to do what you've been doing. Um, Get back out of bed today. Like an example is initially a lot of, I have a lot of boys asking me about homeroom today. And I said, no, we're not going to meet. Don't worry about it, whatever. And I got up this morning and I thought, no, that's the wrong thing. So I text them all and I said, no, we're meeting. Here's the Zoom number. And we met. Now it was maybe a 15 minute meeting. Um, But I, I think we're so far into this deal, you know, it's week eight. We've had this routine now for, for seven, eight weeks. So we've got to keep it. So I would tell these family members, just keep doing what you've been doing. Yeah. The boys are going to be home instead of at school. Yeah. We can't meet in person for practice, but try and maintain schedules. The same, keep eating the same, get your homework turned in, just carry on, carry on soldier. And uh, soon enough, we'll be back together.
0: Okay, just to clarify, this is not saying that there is widespread mm-hmm. issues on the team. There, As we know right now, just one case. So these are all precautions. These are isolating so we stay ahead of it. And, you know, in the range of possibility, there may be some cases. I'm just saying that. But in, in general speaking, across the board, these are all precautions and these kids basically are just isolating till we get a better grasp of where their conditions are, where their symptoms are.
1: Correct. there is there is one, there is one confirmed positive test um, that we are aware of at this time. Uh, there is no other player on the team that has a positive test. And as the letter stated that the boys got that last contact with that player would have been Tuesday. Um, So anybody that had direct contact with that young man on our team, including kids at school that they could trace, um, have been put out for the the quarantine time of 14 days, which brings them back on Tuesday, the the 20th. So, um, and the school's on top of all that. They've been great in terms of uh, facilitating those things. Um, the boys know that if they start showing symptoms or start, something starts coming down with them, then um, the family should take the necessary steps. But, yeah, no, only one person. It's not a, a widespread thing that we know of at this time. Um, so there is no no reason to panic. Um, and if that information comes out, then obviously we'll, we'll move forward from there. But you can only... You know, we call it chasing ghosts. Uh, right. Football coaching—we um, don't chase ghosts because you can't catch them. So uh, we don't know any other information. We go with facts that we have at this time, and that's where we're, how we're proceeding. And if we get new information, then we'll we'll adjust accordingly. But until then, full steam ahead for Tuesday the
0: twentieth. It's kind of like the saying that I heard a lot growing up: "Fear knocked on the door, faith answered it, and there was nobody there." Bingo coach Bingo. thank you for taking right. time this has been good because it's it's given us a chance to really look at the situation calm our hearts and the fact that you were willing to discuss it we we waited a little bit because we wanted to do it the right way and not rush with a reaction but we wanted to respond with a good unifying message and, and that's what we're trying to do with this today. So, Coach, thank you for making time and onward and upward as we continue to grow the Patriot football program.
1: Thank you, Dean. I appreciate it.